0: Alibaba scrapping plans to spin off its cloud unit, blaming the U.S. restrictions on chip exports on a week when all eyes are on China-U.S. relations. It's Thursday, November 16th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa.
1: And I'm Mark Gilbert. Alibaba out with quarterly earnings this morning. Actually, a pretty strong report. Sales and profit, beating estimate, but it's their change in corporate strategy, D., that's getting investor focused today.
0: Yeah. And Mark, it feels like a long time since Alibaba traded on fundamentals, right? It's really seen as this proxy for China-US relations. And today, more than ever, it's a reminder that some of these issues, especially economic, technological, that they will continue to play out. Despite this week's meeting, when both sides, you know, President Biden and President Xi met here in San Francisco and they tried to signal a thaw in US-China relations. I mean, a lot of the talk today has focused on Xi Jinping's warm reception here. And it's playing well over in China as well. The standing ovation that he got from business leaders. Um, that is sort of on the surface, right? And that's what he came here to do is put a floor under US-China relations. And that's what's happened. But Even the word thaw, Gilbert, (laughs) implies that it could go either way. It could continue to melt and thaw and become friendlier, or it could go the other way. Like last time they met about a year ago in Bali, right? A few months after they met and sort of thawed relations, there was the big balloon scandal um, that raised tensions. So what's happening now with Alibaba is interesting because it sits right in the middle of those relations. It had announced starting last year a plan to break up its business into six different Companies. Wall Street loved that move, Mark.
1: Right. And the idea was to grant more autonomy to the separate businesses. You know, oftentimes companies will try to do spin-outs when they have sort of a, a conglomerate of different businesses, hopefully rejuvenate them, give investor focus to each one and create value uh, in the in the market.
0: Sort of like when we talk about Amazon and AWS and its cloud unit, the regulators think that they're threatening Amazon to force it to potentially spin out its cloud business because it could be a conflict of interest when Wall Street is like, great, more value created. I mean, the the obvious,
1: yeah, the obvious other example is Google spinning out YouTube, right? Is YouTube on its own, would YouTube be valued, you know, significantly higher as another media powerhouse in the United States? Um, You know, would that actually free up value even if Google management doesn't really want to do that right now?
0: Right, because you'd have to place value on YouTube or AWS and then you would have value to sort of the core business in the case of Google advertising in the case of Amazon e-commerce. But the reason this gets talked about in sort of a threatening way by regulators is that it reduces the heft and position as a digital leader, right? And that's sort of that's what Alibaba had become. It had become the dominant e-commerce player. It had I think it was number 1 or number 2 in cloud in China and It had attracted all of this attention from the Chinese regulators who a few years ago on the back of Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba, on the back of some comments, kind of slamming regulators, they really made him in particular and Alibaba and Ant Group, which he founded as well, which is the fintech company, made them pay for their dominance. So in the long term, it kind of sounds terrible that Alibaba spinning off all of its different business units would erode its position, its leadership in the Chinese digital economy, but it would actually get the government off of its back. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. R- more right. I mean,
1: I, you know, you just point out, right, like, you know, you, when you think about the business leaders who in the United States are called before Congress, right, it's the big ones. It's it's always, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and it's Tim Cook uh, and it's, you know, the CEOs of Google and Microsoft. And if you can just make yourself a little bit smaller and fall down into the ranks of you know, a even like even massive companies like you know Oracle or Snap, right? Like you know when back when those companies were two hundred billion dollar companies, you could avoid a lot of scrutiny by just not being in the top five. So it was Alibaba's sort of stated strategy: is let's shrink, let's create six businesses instead of one, so that we're not this like sole focus of the Chinese government.
0: Right, and um, we can talk about how there were six different businesses, I won't go through all of them, but cloud was sort of the most, one of the most exciting for investors. Logistics, I would argue too, was interesting. I think you pronounce it Thai now, logistics arm, excuse me if that's wrong, but cloud was really exciting because it was the biggest Asian player. It's actually competing with some of our hyperscalers. Um, And that's really the value that was to be unlocked by this really, it was the biggest move in Alibaba's history. Huge, huge move. We cannot overstate how big this is for a company of its size. Um, But walked it back today, said, not going to do that because there was too much uncertainty amid chip restrictions. The quote, um, the restrictions have created uncertainties for the prospects of cloud intelligence group.
1: Right. And and, and I want to point out that that was the headline was the chip ban but actually, Joe Tsai, who's the chairman of Alibaba, you know, longtime um, executive at the company, he's returned to be the chairman of the company. He also, by the way, owns the Brooklyn Nets. He's a bit of an international figure. Um, but Joe Tsai was asked about this on the call. Why are you um, why are you pulling back on these spinoff plans? And I won't read the entire quote. But he said, when we announced the full spinoff, we were looking at a way to sort of a financial engineering way to show the value of the business. Right. So this is 2022. They're trying Trying to um, sort of, and, and that is what a spin-off is, right? It's a financial engineering unlock way value. to,
0: That's like the to unlock coin.
1: value. You're not, you're not changing anything fundamental. You're just sort of showing Wall Street um, a different way to slice and dice the business. And, and he said, and he continued, and this is the quote, that that was when business was operating in circumstances that we thought were predictable with our ability to project the business and communicate to investors and provide a level of transparency. But the quote goes on, the circumstances have changed. And right now, rather than focus on financial engineering, we rather focus on figuring out how to grow the cloud business. So I think that the 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 big point to make is that it's not just because of, oh, the the uh, you know, there was the there was the chip ban and now we can't do this spin-off. It's basically the fundamentals of this business don't seem that great anymore. You know, it grew uh it only grew 2% revenue. Um, and we need to go work on getting these you know, getting growth back before we can go try to try to sell this thing.
0: Can I also just say that this quote is almost laughable? (laughs) He says, when the business was operating in circumstances that we thought were predictable, there's been nothing predictable about Alibaba over the last few years, ever since Jack Ma made those comments regarding Ant Group. And Alibaba has ever since had to pay the price for that. And When he he said it was predictable, I mean, we didn't even know that the government crackdown had ended. And to say now that, you know, things have changed, things are always changing. And I guess that's what I would say, too, as part of being a Chinese company, you never know when the ground is going to move from beneath you. But you touched on something, Mark, the fundamentals. Right. And that's like, it's kind of shining a light on the fundamentals. I said at the beginning of this podcast that Alibaba hasn't operated on fundamentals in so long. Unfortunately, this move is now putting a spotlight on those fundamentals, which, which aren't great. I mean, the stock is down 8% today.
1: Yeah, stocks down 8%. Cloud growth I mentioned is, is anemic, right? 2% year over year. I mean, 2% cloud growth is not great when you look at, at historically um, Amazon, Google Cloud, and Microsoft are able to grow in the you know 20 to 30% range, some quarters even more than that.
0: Yeah, this even makes Amazon's latest 12% cloud growth, revenue growth look pretty good. Uh, the other thing though is that Alibaba is in this really difficult position in that it's a Chinese cloud company. And when tensions are rising... Chinese companies who would like to operate here in America don't want to be seen as holding all of their data and information on Chinese cloud providers. So TikTok is the best example of that. Um, Lawmakers talk about banning TikTok altogether here in America. The last thing you want is to be running TikTok on the Alibaba cloud. So remember they moved it to Oracle and that was a big right. loss. They, right. They I think there's Alibaba
1: that it was probably. it was not talked about on the call. And I think it will remain to be seen how this can be reported out. But it's another um, you know, open possibility that the Chinese government didn't like the idea of the cloud unit, you know, being listed on a on a US exchange, uh, with all of this data that belongs to Chinese consumers, uh, you know, accessible to American investors. So I think that there may have been some some sensitivity there. We might never never know sure for sure.
0: And side note as well, um, Huawei has sort of been this quiet, stealthily growing, it's cloud business, right? And the Huawei Communist Party connection um, feels a lot more secure than the Alibaba ones, right? Because, you know, ever since Jack Ma became this persona non-gratis. But, okay, 8% today, 9%, I think last time I looked, is nothing. You have to zoom out and look at just how badly Alibaba has suffered over the last few years. This was one of the biggest companies in the world i mean it was almost on par with some of our mega cap tech giants at one point at its peak it was it had a market cap of more than 800 billion dollars today it's just over 200 billion dollars and like we've been saying a lot of that was attributed to the chinese government's crackdown on tech but there have been cracks along the way in the fundamentals as well we mentioned a few of them but another one that we've talked about lately too is pinduoduo that is another chinese tech giant that has managed to just make such huge inroads in Alibaba's core e-commerce. They own Timu, right, which we've talked about. We did a deep dive in our weekly piece on how it's just been gaining American consumers, but it's also just done a really good job in capturing Chinese consumers, too, back home.
1: Right. I would just add that, that uh, so that's Pinduoduo, which is publicly traded. There's also Shein, which makes low-cost um, apparel. And the information had a story that Shein that, uh, is still showing huge growth
0: right so it's on the e-commerce front it's on the cloud front that it's facing competition and remember there's four other units as well including digital media right there's been a lot of competition there in the chinese market um the other way that maybe you could look at alibaba's fundamental and maybe just wonder if it's keeping up with some of the other tech giants is on the cloud front and the chip ban right alibaba didn't really say that you know when they said that our cloud unit's going to have trouble moving forward because of the chip ban. They didn't say what we've heard from some of the other companies. Let's look at Tencent. It reported as well, and said that it's going to have problems because of the chip ban, but it also said that it had a large stockpile of AI chips that it needed from NVIDIA. (laughs) It said it will use those chips more efficiently while looking for domestic alternatives. So they saw the chip ban coming. They stockpiled, they bought extra chips from NVIDIA, which it knew it would need, and it's also now looking for domestic alternatives alternatives, which we know the Chinese government is working on. Um, it's one of the sort of big strategic temples of the next decade. Um, and it said that it could even, it even had enough chips to continue the development of its AI model for, quote, at least a couple more generations. That's big. It's all this coming.
1: Right. And we've also mentioned the we've also mentioned a couple times, but the startup uh, the startup level, Kaifu Lee, who's the uh, founder of Zero One 1.ai he has talked about how he's stockpiled eighteen months eighteen months worth of those Nvidia uh, semis. You know, just to sort of go over the numbers, uh, cloud growth at Alibaba was up two percent. China ecom retail is just is grew just three percent year over year. Um, you know, for the Chinese market, that is not great. And we've talked about who their competitors are, Timu, Shein, uh, even TikTok. uh, the company did approve their first ever dividend. Um, I thought that was interesting. That was 2. like 2. a 5.
0: consolation. Consolation like they investors. They, were yeah. doing. they said, we're, we're, yeah. we're killing the spinoff, but we're going to give you, we're going to give
1: you some, some cash back and yeah, it's not working for the stock today. That's a $2.5 billion dividend is going to go out to shareholders. And then, um, Jack Ma selling shares. Jack Ma's family trust is going to sell something in the ballpark of $900 million worth of uh, his Alibaba shares.
0: And you have to wonder if some of these fundamental cracks have been emerging ever since Jack Ma took a step back, not just him, but Daniel Zhang. He was CEO of Alibaba and he um, was, I think he was supposed to lead the cloud company, right? But um, so he he was going to step back, too. And you just have to wonder, who's the leadership at this company? Who's running it day to day? They're not well-known people like Jack Ma and Daniel Jung, at least to Americans, let me say. Yeah, but those was, growth uh, numbers, was, too.
1: It was Eddie Wu's first yeah. uh, first conference call as CEO,
0: point that out. Thank you. But these growth numbers, right, 3% in e-commerce, 2% in cloud. When we talk about the mega caps, the American mega caps, how they're, they've kind of become these mature... Companies that are more defensive, and we talk about GARP growth at a reasonable price, that's still double digit growth. This is low single digit. We're talking like IBM territory (laughs) where you could fear revenue actually going the other direction and shrinking.
1: Yeah, let's shift gears a little bit. So, Dee, you were in the field yesterday. You were at that AI summit in San Francisco hosted by Eric Newcomer. Um, You know, while all these companies and all these executives are talking about stockpiling. And, you know, a shortage of AI chips and, you know, get, trying to get your hands on an NVIDIA chip and how hard it is. You talked to the CEO of Databricks, Ali Godsey, who, who uh, sort of said, said the opposite. So let's, let's play that soundbite and then, do you pick it up on the other side. I actually think there's going to be a GPU glut this coming next year. NVIDIA is releasing new chips. You know, they had the Grace Hopper, too, that they come They announced another chip uh, uh, just this week. Uh, We know AMD is working on their chips. They look pretty good. This, you know, the the chips that they have, the MI300s as they're called, that are coming to the market. This Cube 4, beginning of next year, all the cloud vendors are working. So, you know, when there is in markets uh, scarcity, the market rushes to produce. So I think we're gonna see lots more GPUs next year. What is that gonna do to prices? I think the prices of GPUs, of course, comes down.
0: When Ali said the word glut, I did like a double take. I said, what did you just say? And he explained it really well. He said NVIDIA has new chips coming out. AMD um, is working on their own chips. And the, it's true. The whole industry is trying to figure out a way to get more chips that they can use in generative AI development. And it's just something that I hadn't heard yet. Everyone is still talking about scarcity. I spoke to someone else last night who's who's raising money in this environment um, with a generative AI company. And the first thing she told me about was access to H100s. I said, well, I spoke to someone today who talked about a glut, and she said, she also did a double take. She said, what? No, 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 that's not the story. Everyone's looking for these things. And Ali's a really smart guy. Um, Databricks is seen as, you know, potentially running the infrastructure for the generative AI shift. He did a big acquisition. I, he did a few acquisitions this year, but a big one, which was Mosaic ML um, in the generative AI space. And he himself has stockpile." A certain number of Nvidia H100s, as they're called. These are, you know, the chips everyone wants to put their hands on. So he was just going to sit back now to see how this plays out.
1: I think, you, and you also brought up a really interesting point to me that also made me do, you know, think about this further, which was how much of startup valuation is being driven by the cost of these chips, right? So instead of looking at the business fundamentals, these companies are coming to an investor, to a, you know, an Amazon or a Sequoia or whoever, and saying, hey, um, I need a $3 billion check because I need to go buy $3 billion worth of these NVIDIA chips. And the investor's turning or around and saying, and all right, Hour. Yeah, they're they're saying, all right. Well, you want three billion dollars? Then, I mean, I, I guess I'll take uh, you know ten percent of your company. And there's a thirty billion dollar valuation. You know, in a snap, it's just the, the, that's, the yeah. The, you the high costs are in. really what's are, the high costs are really what's creating the valuation. The valuation is not creating the cost.
0: Yeah, and and he talked about this and he said that this if there is a glut, that's certainly going to affect startup valuations in the space, even at the very top, OpenAI and Anthropic. And it makes you wonder, he brought up the idea, who's going to be the AltaVista and the AOLs of this space? We don't know. He had this really um, good point where he said, back in 1999, if you asked him who was going to develop the internet, he said, well, that he said at the time, he would say, well, that's easy, it's Cisco, whoever's developing routers, whoever has control of that space, and we know that's not how it worked out. So at the time, he could have never imagined a Twitter, a Facebook Etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And Cisco is one of these companies I love to talk about because it's remained a really important tech company, but there hasn't been any additional value created. It's not Amazon. People like to point to Amazon and say that it was losing money for so long and it went on to um, create trillions in billions and billions and a trillion dollars in market value. But some companies just don't go on and do that. You can be you don't have to be a pets.com and you don't have to be an Nvidia. There were many, me- or sorry, an Amazon. There were many Cisco's along the way that continued to chug along and be good tech companies, but just never regain that value.
1: Well, and there's a part of the history you bring up Amazon. There's a part of the history of Silicon Valley, which was AWS allowed so many of these companies mm-hmm. to, to, to be created because all of a sudden you didn't need on-prem cloud services. So you could scale up a business out of, you know, a Two person business out of a garage or whatever out of your you know bedroom uh, because you could just rent the server space from Amazon.
0: Yeah, well, this will be a story we'll definitely continue to track. Um, I'm just so fascinated by this idea that there could be a chip glut, and I want to dive into how that could happen, Mark. So look out for that from us. Last thing I want to mention: dinner last night. I I was going to. But, yeah, <laughs> dinner, Jinping, dinner in San Francisco.
1: You mentioned Xi Jinping uh, sort of headlined this dinner with a bunch of American CEOs on the guest list. Uh, you know, I, th- I think this was a pretty expected list. It was Apple CEO Tim Cook, it was Elon Musk, it was Steve Schwartzman, uh, Mark Benioff was there, of course. You had the CEOs of Boeing, FedEx, Visa, Ray Dalio was there. Um, who else? Albert Pfizer, Orla. MasterCard and BlackRock's Larry Fink. I think that that's sort of an expected list, but I I do agree that the big headline was sort of the the softening, the rounds of applause, uh, Mm -hmm. President Xi Jinping's emphasizing that China wants a partnership with the United States, uh, quote, win-win relationship.
0: I was talking to someone, a Chinese source of mine, who was at the dinner last night, and he's on the Chinese side, kind of with the delegation. I said, you know, what was the tone in the room? And he said that Musk was bullish, the Pepsi CEO was also bullish, but the guys like Dalio and Schwartzman, he said they were more fixated on China's unforced errors and shocked almost by how affected the US campaign to dissuade capital and companies from going to China has been and I thought that was really interesting color from the ground especially from someone on the Chinese on the Chinese side.
1: Yeah. I think uh, it'll be really interesting to watch and we'll continue to be on top of this. I promise tomorrow we're not going to do US-China relations again. We've done it for like a week straight. Oh. Tomorrow we're going to do a different story.
0: <laughs> now that, now that you said that, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Yeah, it. there's
1: going to be some big headline. But stay with oh, us. But we, tomorrow do, we,
0: we do, hold on, we do have our weekly tomorrow. So make sure you tune in for that. This is a good one. We talk about something we've been talking about this week as well. But just dive into how mega cap tech is sort of displacing your typical tech investors and creating this virtuous circle for them involving their cloud units. So keep an eye out for that. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well, then you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard.